Welcome to another episode of Fortinet Live. I'm Troy Amit, Fortinet's field CISO for healthcare, and I'm joined today by Derek Mankey, our Chief of Security Insights at FortiGuard Labs. We'll be talking about ransomware in healthcare and life sciences. Thank you for joining me, Derek. Troy, it's great to be here. Glad yeah, to so so let's let's start off here um, with our with our recent threat report. What what have we seen around ransomware most recently? Oh, it's 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 omnipresent, Troy. I mean, we're we're seeing it um, across all verticals, um, sectors, and um, you know, healthcare is no exception to that. It traditionally has been a target for ransomware, but it's not going away. Uh, you know, if we look at the first half of 2021, we've seen nearly uh, 11 fold to 10.7 fold increase to be precise in all, all of, of ransomware activity we've been observing. So, you know, cyber criminals are really doubling down, I like to say now, and uh, really hedging their bets going against um, all, you know, all these different verticals and getting quite aggressive. Yeah, you know, I think I think what I'm seeing is, you know, not only is it being more persistent, we're seeing more activity within healthcare, but I think what what's kind of most alarming is they're getting a lot more insight into what does the health system look like on the inside, right? So yeah. as the as the adversaries position their their ransomware, they're they're specifically targeting areas such as uh, underlying infrastructure, domain infrastructure, those types of things. Um, I'm interested in your feedback, though, as well. You know, to that end, once you once you kind of get get that type of hold on a health system, it it affects all things connected to that environment. Yeah, and to your point, the reason this is happening and why, quite frankly, they're um, they're um, able to be more aggressive is there, there. There's really a blend, Troy, in between. Traditional APT groups, so which are usually nation state and, and targeted attacks with cyber crime, like organized cyber crime groups now. Uh, these organized cyber crime groups are deeply funded because they've been reaping profits through ransomware over the years. And that's another trend shift that we've seen. Yes, we're seeing a lot of volume and that still exists, but we're also seeing um, these you know, high profile and targeted systematic attacks that are happening in cybercrime, i.e. ransomware, not just an APT group. And so um, to your point, and able to be able to execute that, and because they have the deep funding, they have these different business units in their organizations, and they're able to get insight into, you know, this is the reconnaissance phase uh, of the kill chain. Uh, they're doing much more of that with cybercrime now. So they're able to get blueprint information, information on applications and, uh, you know, services that are running in open ports and all those sorts of things. And by understanding that, they know where they can hit those organizations where it hurts, where they're going to be, um, you know, more likely to pay. In other words, um, you know, in a precarious position because, um, again, it comes down to uh, business decisions often. Um, if it's at that point in time when organizations are, are 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 hit by ransom, do you pay it or do you not? Of course, we recommend not to. But, you know, going back to your question, Troy, it's because they have this deeper knowledge and understanding and they're taking the time to premeditate this attacks, uh, th these attacks, um, it becomes, you know, much more critical to uh, be prepared for that and defend. You know, when we, when we talk about preparation, I think a lot of CISOs and CIOs, what they're seeing is, is, you know, defense in depth, things that are really important, zero trust and multi-factor authentication. Yeah. But when we, when they look at their operations, when there is a ransomware attack, 
you know, it's it's hitting the core, you know, the, the adversaries, you know, you're you're kind of speaking to, um, you know, reconnaissance that was being done. We're seeing, you know, the laboratory departments, cardiology, radiology and and pharmacy, both inpatient and, and retail pharmacy. Those, you know, three or four different areas within the health system when impacted and disabled, they affect the entire ecosystem within the health system, right? So, so they've gotten much better in their reconnaissance. They know that they don't have to attack, you know, they don't have to attack the whole environment if they if they detect and you know um, are able to compromise just a few areas that are so pivotal to a health system. They're they're able to really, you know, um, you know, impact those operations. So, you know, when we talked about the the threat report. You know, was there any good news in general about about trends that you're seeing? Yeah, so there, there's definitely some positive takeaways. Um, so obviously, we always talk about the the reality, which is <laughs> there's a lot of bad things out there, and all these things that we talked about. Those interdependencies are definitely part part of that bad news story. I agree. We're seeing that even in other uh, verticals as well, uh, where again, when they know that they have a target and they've achieved that, they're using that as part of their uh, ransom demand, of course, right? So that that is the bad news. The good news is, um, you know, the, I'm seeing progress, and we've highlighted this in the report in terms of the fight on cybercrime, right? We always say that we, as an industry, right, uh, are are always um, behind the cyber criminals, right? We're chasing them a lot of the times, um, but there's a lot of good, good proactive work that's being done to really, you know, get. Get, get ahead of the game and to disrupt uh, the, the cyber criminals. Like we, we have to send a message back, right? We can't let mm -hmm. ransomware to, to continue to be as prolific as it is because those pockets are getting deeper on the cyber criminals end. And so there's a couple of things, right? And, and we can talk about the disruption theme. There, there's multiple ways to do this from an industry perspective and what we do at FortiGuard Labs, uh, as an example, we're working with law enforcement, we're working with uh, threat intelligence sharing, that's a way we can increase network resiliency, um, you know, to, to, to guard against these attacks, to reduce that reconnaissance effort, uh, to actually take down, you know, uh, in some cases to go and arrest these cyber criminals. But in the threat landscape report, we, you know, we, we highlighted um, uh, botnet activity as an example, right? We're actually seeing some of these threats that have been pushed to the edge now, um, so IoT-based botnets, as an example, TrickBot, Emotet was another one, NetWalker. These are all things that have been notorious for spreading ransomware that have been actually taken offline as a result of private and public sector working together. Uh, Emotet is a great example we highlighted in the, in the report. Uh, when it was take when the takedown effort proceeded in January of this year, um, it it was literally reduced to half the amount of activity and it hasn't recovered since. It's been sitting at that half activity mark ever since. Um, TrickBot was another one who went offline for six months. We noted it came back, uh, you know, at the end of Q2, but again, not nearly as prolific as it was before. So there's some good things happening there. Yeah, and I think, you know, to kind of build upon that, Derek, you know, what I'm seeing amongst health systems is you know, sometimes we don't hear the good news in the media, right? Or, you know, the, the good story doesn't always come to the top. It's the bad story, that, you know, the attack that really compromises an organization. But I would agree with you. There are some really great stories out there. I've, I've uh, had, you know, collaborations with a lot of organizations that are, you know, five to 10 years. You know, if you, if you kind of look at healthcare, a lot of health systems start taking information security, you know, um, you know, seriously, you know, 
10 years ago at best, right? Really building yeah. up their programs. But those organizations that have really put in a defense in depth and, and created strong, you know, public and private partnerships and building out their security operations and, and, and moving into zero trust. There's, there's some great stories about organizations that, that had a significant security incident that, you know, really had eyes on glass 24 seven and, and really great threat response with partnerships and we're able to mitigate, uh, you know, a significant downtime. Now, what we're seeing in, in the significant downtimes in healthcare are things like four to six weeks of downtime within your clinical EMR, having problems even admitting patients and transferring patients and, you know, um, getting, getting um, you know, prescriptions and, and lab results and test results during the global pandemic. It's, 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 it's really unprecedented. Yeah. 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 Agility is really key with this, especially in the world of threat intelligence, being able to identify these issues before they become a bigger problem, like I was talking about before. That's actually part of the disruption effort as well, right? Because it, it comes back to that kill chain analogy, right? Obviously, if you can reduce your visibility into external footprint, um, all, all that sort of stuff that is going to make it more of a guessing game for attackers, that's part of that disruption. But then also, um, you know, being prepared in, in advance and being able to identify when these threats come knocking on your door, because it's another thing we highlighted in the Threat Landscape Report. Um, there's a new high resolution intelligence model, which is um, really looking at the methodologies, not just the what. Yeah, OK, we know it's ransomware, but how are they trying to move through systems? Um, and, and, and we've highlighted for the first time a lot of these techniques that they're using. And it's no surprise, but it's a reality. You know, they're trying to get around security, uh, you know, threat mm -hmm. intelligence and threat detection, they always have, but we've seen a heavy focus on that. And, you know, by, by that same um, token, it's really important to be able to have good, you know, quality threat intelligence, the right inspection points to be able to detect these things so that you can respond quickly, um, again, before it becomes a three to four week downtime problem mm -hmm. on, on these networks like you're talking about. Well, Derek, uh, thank you for joining me today. And I want to thank everyone for joining us for another session of Fortinet Live. For more information about today's topic, please visit our blog or visit us at fortinet.com slash healthcare. Thanks, Jeff.